0: Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody. This is Howard Fox, and welcome to the Success Insight podcast for my co-host, Randy Ford. I hope you are having a fantastic start to your October. Our guest today on a Success Insight podcast is W.G. Halatke. Bill is a retired homicide detective from the Miami-Dade Police Department, and before becoming an officer, he was also a newspaper reporter, and he is also a published poet. Bill has lived in Germany, where he taught street survival skills to American MPs. And today, when he's not writing, he's traveling around the country explaining to police officers how violent encounters impact our psychological and physiological responses. Bill is also the author of a new series of science fiction novels, the Book of Ruin series. And the Book of Ruin, his first book, was published in 2018. And The Flashfall Sword, which is actually a prequel, was published this year in 2019. Bill, welcome to the Success Insight podcast. Thank you, Howard. So I have to ask, when I was reading about the books, post-apocalyptic science fiction, I'm curious what the distinction was, because as I was reading, I'm thinking post-apocalyptic, but then is that Typically, does that sit within the the science fiction genre? How does that line up? I'm curious.
1: I would say it does. But when I was writing the book, I wasn't thinking about finding something that would fit in a particular genre. It's science fiction because I invent certain scientific machines or machines that do not exist now. And so that's how it came about. And also, I talk about a future that existed after a series of solar storms basically destroyed modernity or the modern way of life throughout the Earth and, and how mankind would recover. You know, I go into kind of a fictional history of how they recover.
0: Okay. You know, I, I want to get into the books, The Book of Ruin, The Flash Fall Sword, but I think my, my our listeners would also like to learn a little bit more about you. And, and I'm also with an added angle is how did you come to, say, write this book? What was the that moment of insight, that inspiration to write the book? So share a little bit about your story from being a, a detective in Miami. And by the way, you weren't the real version of Don Johnson and Miami Vice, were you? No, I didn't work
1: narcotics. I worked traditional investigations like robbery and homicides. Don Johnson worked narcotics. I was there during that time, but I basically went more of a traditional track. I investigations. I
0: now, I can't believe I would be the first person to ever ask you that. Am I? No. Okay. Good. Good. I, I didn't want you to think this guy is totally off the wall here. So you, you spent some time in in the force. You were also a new thirty years. How many years? Three, thirty. Thirty some years. That's that's a long time for most people. That's that's a career, and I'm I'm ready to retire and then be done. But you're you haven't been done. You've been doing. You've done a lot of other work in addition to the the, being the detective. Talk a little bit about the writing and poetry and some ways how that perhaps has influenced creating these science fiction novels.
1: Well, until I retired, my readings were mainly nonfiction, a lot of politics, a lot of history. And I have two master's degree, which are not in literature. The one's in public administration. And the other one is in criminal justice with the emphasis on forensic behavior. So getting into fiction was kind of surprised to me too. How this came about though is that like you mentioned, I used I lived in Europe for several years. I had a I got a leave of absence from the department because my wife got a job over there. And I've probably been to Europe a dozen times. And what's so interesting about Europe is just that the history, the depth of history is all around you. Where I grew up in Iowa, you know, the only history or the Civil War union cannons that surround the state house. And I would drive all around Germany at the time going to my classes, and I would pass you know, medieval castles or ruins of middle-aged fortresses or even well-preserved medieval towns that even to this day, if you had a prudent knight from the past, that happened, the time warp to the future, he was still so comfortable because it's so well-preserved. And I'm driving around, I also spot German TV towers, and they're different from what we have in the States. They're called Fernsentrums. And usually at the top of these towers, there's like a big globe-type structure where several rooms and floors, and sometimes restaurants are there. And it's something unique to Germany. The most famous one is Berlin. So as I'm driving around, you know, I see these ruins, and I then I see these TV towers, and at times they kind of hit me as if they're also from the Middle Ages. So I started thinking, what would happen to these towers if all of a sudden modernity collapsed? Would they be used by the people as castles, or would they tear them apart like a lot of Roman ruins were torn apart after the fall of the empire. So that's, so I started thinking about that. And from there, the idea just kept spinning around my head until after I retired and I had some time. I thought, well, let me play around with that concept. And also, one thing else I, I realized living in Germany is that there is a very large American presence there. A lot because of the military and it's very well integrated in society and there's a lot of Americans who are civilians that work for the Defense Department but they live, they live their entire career there and there's a lot of intermarriage between the Americans and the Germans and so also I was thinking well what would happen to this American community if all of a sudden they were trapped in Germany because of the fall of modern life? They were unable to get back to the United States. These are some of the questions I had that kept spinning around my head that I decided I'd explore.
0: Interesting. Now, I'm curious, too. I saw in the, I believe it was on the website or within the Book of ruin, your book number one, and then the Flash, Fall Sword, book number two, that there was the map. And so the entire story then for both books right now take place within, you know, what is considered Germany today or within the, the, the surrounding Countries is that pretty much where this the story takes place? Yeah, I would say Central
1: Europe and the Flash Forward Sword. We introduced some very violent, primitive people, and they called Shadowlanders, and they live in the Shadowland, and which they took over, which is France and, and the location of various cities like Obama City and the German City, which I call the Germans. Teutons. Those are actual locations of real cities. I just changed the names of the cities. I talk about the Hungarian Plains, which is obviously Hungary, and also Plovakia, which is really a combination of Poland and the Czech Republic.
0: Hey, I also noticed However, there's takes, a new Reykjavik. Reykjavik? Right.
1: That is basically located at Kiev in Ukraine. One thing I point out is that because of the, the fall of modern life brought on by this constant solar storms that keep striking the United States. I guess I should explain that a little bit because scientists know that a good set of solar storms can wipe out all of our electronics. There's been several times where they've actually shut down electrical systems and are yeah. uh, caused, like in, in the 19th century, telegraph wires were actually uh, ignited on put on fire because they were overwhelmed by the solar particles that hit the earth. So. You know, that's, that's what brought down, in my mind, in my story, is that's what brought down modern life.
0: You know, that's very interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I had a guest on who, very nice man, I really enjoyed the conversation. And it was what was interesting about it is he is a climate change, I wouldn't say denier, I would say skeptic. And his premise was, there's nothing extraordinary about the changes in climate. The data doesn't pinpoint Things are worse today versus where they were 50, 100, 150, 200 years ago based on measuring and analyzing the data, though there is certainly humanity's impact on our climate and It's interesting with your story, the fallout from the the cosmic storms, that is something totally outside of our control. So even if we could have planned for it, from your writing and the research you were doing, this type of event, I mean, it's a very real event that it has happened, but can certainly happen again.
1: Well, there are ways to protect our electronic infrastructure. The problem is very expensive. And the electrical companies just don't want to put the money into it. But also in my series of books, the electrical storms keep coming. So we're never able really to recover. And that's the background. But at the same time, I talk about, and I don't really get into it, but there is climate change in my stories. For example, there's an ice pack that crept closer to northern Germany, where it's, it's, and it's, it's constantly present. And part of the reason, in my mind, which I don't get into it, is because of the Gulf Stream has basically shut down. And there's research saying because of all the ice that is starting to melt and get into our oceans, it's fresh water. And fresh water will eventually could shut down or slow down the Gulf Stream that keeps parts of Europe warm, warmer than normal. So I mean, I play around with that sort of stuff too. But really, what the two books really emphasize I, is friendship, camaraderie, people struggling together. The world which I create, I build, is a background to give them a stage which to struggle in. And I have, because of my experience as a police officer during the battle days in Miami, where crime back then was three times higher than it is now i went through the experience of getting very close to the people i worked with to the other officers because it was almost like a low-grade war you're just going to call to call and the, and the crime and the homicides are just everywhere so what happened is is that i really emphasized camaraderie and the friendships and also the loves that is instilled in people that have to share danger and i emphasize that in both books
0: so, in the first book, the Book of Ruin, you have the hero, perhaps, or is is it one hero? Is it a group of heroes? I mean, and you have the remnants of this United States force, or I guess it's NATO. Is there more than one hero? Or is it, or just the main one? And there's obviously the the protagonist.
1: Well, there's, there's a collection of heroes, but they work together. And in the world that I built, there's two institutions that survive, which allows some semblance of old values or pre-collapse values to survive. And one institution is the church. And I just call it the church because the church in history has always been important to hold people together. And the other one is NATO. And that is really the military arm. And the heroes are NATO rangers. And the leader is a senior chief that I call WEIR, W-E-I-R, WEIR. But he has a team. And the team are are a collection of various characters, and they all have their little quirks, and they all have their own little dif- different personalities. But they struggle together, and they at the end they are very tightly bound because of what they survived. Um, and also, you know, I have my in the first book, especially I have an enemy, and the enemy comes from the Eurasian steppes. You know, again, this goes back to how the geography of that area because. We had, and I don't know if many people know this, but there's a vast steppe or prairie that goes from Ukraine all the way to China. And historically, like Genghis Khan, when he invaded Europe, he went along these steps. So my bad guys in the first book, they're not Genghis Khan type bad guys, but they again, they came from the east into Europe to the vast steppes.
0: Now, the Flashfall Sword is actually, though it's book two in the series, it's actually a prequel to the Book of Ruin. As the book ends, now you have plans for a third book in the series? Yeah, I'm writing a, a third book. And maybe
1: this is kind of unique or unorthodox, but I, I kind of jump around. The the second book takes place 100 years before the first book. Then the third book, which I've already started, takes place in the future, like 160 years after the first book, but in every book, the heroes are from the same family, from the same family-awares. So it follows kind of a generational aspect of this family, and that's what I'm doing. And each book has different challenges. Like again, the the, the first book was bad guys coming from the East through the Eurasian steppes. The second book are very violent, primitive tribes from the West, from, from France that threaten nato and the church the whole thing about the second book is where did these primitives come from and that's the big reveal at the end of the book gotcha
0: you know i'm curious within both books i mean you've got the 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 enemy i would guess it's the protagonist you've got the the heroes the the people who are Doing their best to hold society together. So, the combination of the church and NATO. I'm also curious, just given the nature of our politics today, is where do the politicians fit into this? Are they like they are today?
1: Well, in the first book, it's more, it's not the extreme politics of today. I'm Believe it or not, I may be getting into that in the last book or the third book which I'm writing now. But in the first book, you have a Senate that controls what I call Teutonic America. This is the combination of the German city state and American city state that have come together to form a small realm. But you have, you know, you have the senators, but then you have the wealthy landowners that try to control what how money is spent. You have the church that is passive is very pacific they want to make a deal with these invaders to protect their interests so there's a lot of political intrigue also involved in in the first book the second book is the political intrigue exists but a lot of it involves the fact that there's a spy in the church or a nato that's helping out the
0: primitives gotcha now I'm curious, and maybe this kind of puts you on the spot, is as you were writing these books, what did you learn about yourself as either as a writer, as a storyteller, what's inspiring you to kind of expand and add, add additional elements or clarity, complexity to your universe?
1: I mean, that's a good question. There's a couple of things. Number one, the first book took about four years to write for the simple reason. I did not know how to write fiction. I, had, I mean, I could write. But after 30 years of writing police reports, very complex police reports, that's much different on how to write fictions. And again, I when I first started writing the first book, I wasn't thinking, "Well, I'm going to publish this." Sent it to some professionals, and they a lot of them said this is crap, which it was. But they really couldn't tell me how to write. I mean, they would throw out certain phrases saying you know show don't tell but they never really explain it and really the book that really helped me was writing novels for dummies because <laughs> okay. it was just very, it was just very simple then i was very lucky i found an editor who i, mean, who I had to pay but she was just very very good at explaining and help and editing it down and i used her for both books so that's that was one thing i found out. the second thing is that and this goes to the question which you haven't asked, a lot of people have, why are I writing about police work? Because that's really my background. And the reason is, is that I'm going to have fun writing this. Right. I want to go to a world, I enjoy being in, being there. This is a, supposed to be a fun read, even though I've had some criticism that this, some of there's too much violence in it, even though my violence I describe is historically based. But the, the thing with me, and even though I'm very proud of what I did as a police officer, even though I still lecture as two police officers, I'm very proud of that. I cannot romanticize police work. And I think for, if you want to, for a good fiction writer, you have to kind of, it has to be of the romance between you and the story you're telling. And I just cannot do that. The same way like most cops, they won't watch police TV dramas. Right, They just can't, because what they see on TV doesn't fit what they actually know. And it's just, there's just no romance to it. You know, and then also, as you mentioned at the beginning, uh, my wife and I have always traveled. We enjoy traveling, and I just love exotic worlds. So they're or to me, they're exotic. I, I I love how people live different lives, and I love so I try to you know re-experience that as I'm writing my stories. That's but the lovely. books are supposed to be like a good summer read.
0: Oh, well, you know something? I, I when we were first having our conversation about coming on the podcast and looking at the books and the genre, and I'm thinking, yep, that that that's a book you take to the beach with you, or sit outside when it's nice out in the summer, and just and kind of have a good read and a you know an iced tea or an adult beverage, whatever your choice is. I'm curious. And now that so the the books are out, you're writing number three, and folks, we will provide links back to Bill's book on the Amazon page where they're located. So. N- no fear for that. Bill, in the minutes we have left together, if folks want to learn more about you and your work, find ways to stay in touch with you about your books, what's the best way to do that?
1: Well, I have a website, which is wghilatkeauthor.com. Again, my last name is Czech. So there's a, to a lot of people, it's missing the vowel, but it's H-L-A-D-K-Y. They can go there if they're interested in the seminar that I participate in. They can go to uh, Surviving Violent Encounters. We have a website there where I have my, my police bio there.
0: Okay. And now, besides the books, do you also have a, a blog or any t- other writings that you know, people can kind of keep an eye on what you're, what you're up to in, in the writing space.
1: Well, what I do is if you go to my website, WG Haladke Author, it asks you if you want to sign up for the newsletter. And once a month, you know, I send out a, a newsletter, explain some of the research I'm doing or like what I'm, you know, or the podcast I'm on. And then also on that website, there's a button for the blog where I will also post those newsletters on the blog page,
0: very good very good and we will also provide links uh, to that in our show notes as well a couple quick questions and one is the within the the, the books are, are your readers are they middle-aged men like me are they teenagers who's who's the audience and then what's been the reaction to the books from the folks who have been reading it perhaps outside of your near and dear family and friends who want you to be a new york times bestseller what's been the reaction to the book well i find
1: it interesting because some of the people especially women are are somewhat taken back by the violence especially in the second book but the violence is there to make a point especially on when you get to the end of the book and you explain where these primitives came from but other people really enjoy it because it pulls you into a world and, that they never imagined and also i find out that a lot of the people that I really enjoy the book or like professionals like um, thinking about a couple of psychologists that read them that they, they just really enjoy it. So it's kind of, it's kind of mixed.
0: Okay. Well, you know, i, I tell you, I am very anxious to sit down and when I have time to, to read the books, I, I mean, I love science fiction. I grew up reading science fiction novels and even more perhaps into the, the fantasy realm but nonetheless, I mean, just it's a great story. I love the the history. I mean, I, I never got to to Germany, and, and, and though I was in in France for a little bit, but you know, just the history and things that you see there, those towers, I'm really kind of fascinated with. I know there's a big one in London, but just the kind of ideas about those and just the the surrounding area is very interesting. In our in our final few moments together, Bill, in our show uh, towards the end, we like to ask our guests, an insight to go. And an uh, insight to go is kind of a, uh, a way for our guests to share, whether it's a quote, an idea, a tip, anything that, that you want to leave our listeners wanting more and to perhaps learn more about you and your books. Is there any insight to go that you'd like to share with us?
1: Appreciate the people you work with. In modern society, I know that we're so individualized we don't we're all so competitive but if those who've been in the military or police work where you have to rely on people you really realize you know the strength that comes from helping each other like in the books there's various characters and, and these characters especially in the first book came from people the, the base of the characters are people actually know So when they're reading the books and they think, well, this is is not a real character, right? Yeah, that's a real character. However, what happens once you start writing, the character takes on the life of its own. But the importance is if you are in a situation where you're working with a group of people for a long time, cherish the fact that you're comrades.
0: Thank you so much for that. We appreciate that. And again, congratulations uh, on the books and looking forward to hearing about book number three in the series. Thank you so much again. We really appreciate you joining us on the Success Insight Podcast. Well, there you have it, folks. We were just chatting with Bill Haladke. You can find his books on Amazon. This is the Book of Ruin series. Uh, The books are by W.G. Halatke, H-L-A-D-K-Y, Again, we're going to provide links to the book on his website. We'll also provide a link back to his author page. And I know he even has a, a Facebook page as well. We'll link there too. A very interesting story. I mean, this is, we, we definitely were into the fiction realm here. You know, we can't be all business and nonfiction and in our day, sometimes we need to kind of step back, decompress and what better way to do that than read a good book or two. So we hope you enjoyed today's show. For my co-host, Randy. Forward. This is Howard Fox. Thank you again for joining us on a Success Insight podcast. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there and have a phenomenal day. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Bye now. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.